got a treat. I asked Pete Bronsima to preach this morning. <laughs> Pastor Jordan's taking a week off, you know. I get those every once in a while. And I just wanted to take a moment before Pete comes. And Pete and Irena and Shaylin have, are in their third year in Bible school. And they've been taking time out of their busy schedules to invest in themselves and implant the word in their heart. Yeah. And, you know, it's not easy. They, they spend hours and hours every week in classes, plus with their jobs, plus everything they do for us here at the church being such a blessing. And when you have all that input, you need to have an outlet. Yeah. And so I just wanted to stretch Pete this morning and get him to, to work on the gift that God has put on the inside of him. And so, Pete, I want you to just come and have your liberty and bring the word. And <laughs> he said above it. All, listen, to, listen to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Wow, um, he just preached half my sermon. <laughs> I do, um, I am grateful and thankful he's, well, am I thankful? I'm not sure yet, but <laughs> when uh, Pastor Jordan asked me to come up and share, immediately my flesh was going, no way. <laughs> and uh, one of, uh, as he already alluded to, one of uh, we go to Karis Bible College, and one of the, the teachers, Barry Bennett's his name, and he said, if you've ever given an opportunity to share, he says, you have to take it. And I remember hearing that then going, no way. There's absolutely no way. And then as soon as I said that, you know what I heard? The Holy Spirit say, good, because then I can show up. Because I was thinking, you know what, there's, there's, I mean, I can get up front and talk. I can joke for 30 seconds with you because, you know, I like doing that. But then, then to share and actually put it, put it down, um, that's a stretch. So the good news is the Holy Spirit will have to show up, right? <laughs> and uh, anyways, uh, I want to say welcome to, the, to those that are on the internet because I understand our, our online presence is getting bigger. So so welcome. Yeah, Jordan, uh, he already gave it away because if you were looking for the big burly guy with lots of hair, it's his, it's his week off. So um, anyways, he already, he already told you that uh, my name's Pete Bronsma. But if you're writing in, I'm Garnet. And uh, <laughs> anyway, anyways, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Anyways, today... Uh, I want to talk to you guys about what I feel is probably, uh, it's extremely controversial, but I think it's, it's missing in a lot of believers' lives, and uh, it's called the more power with the Holy Spirit, and uh, I know in this church that's emphasized a lot, and we are very, we are very blessed and fortunate to, to have learned that here. We learn it here. It's, it's not uh, something new. And as I was starting to prepare this, uh, <laughs> I was arguing with God. I, well, my message changed four times, and then it, and it, came, it came to this. And God said, what is the number one thing that has really changed your life? And, and it's, it's been the Holy Spirit, okay? And he said, I want you to, to speak about it and share about it because it was always a struggle for, for me to really understand that. Um, 
to give you just a, a very quick background, um, I grew up going to church and I'm thankful for it. I used to think I didn't have a testimony because I didn't have this prodigal life and I came to know the Lord and I had this big change. And I, to be honest, it bothered me because I was like, man, I, my whole life I went to church twice on Sundays, Mondays, like I went, had a father that loved God, always told me, um, you know, Pete, it's your relationship with Jesus that, that really matters. And you know what? I knew just enough of sin to, when I dabbled in it, I just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that, was my, that was my upbringing, and I'm, and I'm grateful for it. But uh, there wasn't a lot of talk on the Holy Spirit. Um, there was no speaking in tongues. Uh, the closest we got to speaking in tongues was someone saying that, oh, that's a special gift that uh, God gives to certain individuals and not to believers. And it was just ironic that no one in my church ever got that gift or no one I ever hung around in the other churches ever had that gift. Nor did any of the gifts of the Spirit seem, seem to flow. And I, I just, I remember, and that's not me knocking them, okay? I, I just, I, I want you to know where I came from. And I thought it was funny that one particular denomination or church, they got all the tongue talkers and I didn't understand why they got all that gift and no one else didn't. So I just wanted to give you a bit of a, a background of, of where I came from, right? right? Mm -hmm. So some of the things I, I want to, to touch on today, and I'm going to really try to make this brief because, man, I, I had notes and pages and, and I started, <laughs> oh my goodness, I was like, oh, chop, chop, chop. And, <laughs> and then my family nicely reminded me that, you know, people do want to get on with their life, so, so <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's go on. So, so basically, the main purpose of what I want to get to is uh, um, God wants all people to not only be born again, but he also wants them to re uh, receive this free gift of the more power with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay? And uh, so we're going to look at a, we're going to look, first we're going to look at what did Jesus have to say about this free gift. Uh, we're also going to see that Jesus himself needed this gift. Uh, we're going to take a brief look at the disciples to see how they operated with and without this gift. And then, then I just want to touch again, just saying that it is a second experience for us to experience. Because again, I, I grew up and uh, once you accepted Jesus, well, you had the Holy Spirit, right? And that is true. But we're going to get into a little bit more that there is a, there is a second gift that he gives to us. And, and it's called the more power. So that, that's, that's the avenue I want to take. We'll see where we end up. Again, for a lot of you, it's going to be um, something you heard. And I'm like, God, they've heard this before. They don't need to hear it. And then I was watching Keith Moore last Sunday, and he was preaching on faith. But it was so good to hear. I was like, how often have we heard a sermon on faith? Or, or... So for a lot of you, this is just going to be... This is just going to be a, a reminder or, or whatever you want to call it. But um, I can't help thinking God specifically has wanting me to, to talk about this today because there's someone that could be here, could be online, that you, you just need to hear it from a different, a different voice. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right? So, man, your tongue goes dry really quick, I'm noticing. <laughs> Anyways, if I get into trouble, please someone come up here and bail me out. <laughs> um, before I dive right into it, I, I just wanted to touch very quickly 
Um, when Irene and I first got married, and uh, again, this was before I, I learned uh, about the power of the Holy Spirit here. Um, I personally, I was under a lot of, I, I didn't realize the stresses of life were so heavy on me. Um, I mean, again, I knew God, I loved God, but, but there was never any, any power or, or any, I don't know what you want to call it, but, but anyways, just, just the stresses of life and trying to provide for a family were just heavy on me. And uh, around that time, Irena, um, and I'm not going to get into a big story of this, but as most of you know, when she was pregnant with Shaylin, actually, um, was very, very sick, uh, very sick. Uh, we didn't know um, we we didn't know if we were going to lose Irena or the baby, okay. And I was still from the camp, God, if it be Thy will, right? So that's where I came from. And uh, just a couple of years. Luke and Sue came into our life. I still remember that night. I'm loading the cookie truck. I sold cookies. I got to get up at 4.30 the next morning. And Luke, I didn't really know him then. He showed up my doorstep, and time went on, and time went on. And after a few hours, I looked at him. I said, Luke, why are you here? And, and he, said, uh, he said, I'm here to let you know God is a good God. He wants Irena well, and he wants everyone well. Something left inside of me, and I went, yes, there had to be more to the story if we have a good God, right? right. Then, then, but I mean, I didn't understand, okay? And, and just not to belabor the story, but that's when I first learned about this gift of the Holy Spirit and baptism in the Holy Spirit and, and speaking in tongues and all that. <laughs> yeah, what I thought was weird stuff right? But I can guarantee you this, it was because of then that our life turned around for the good. God started revealing himself to, to, to me and to us in ways that, that cannot even be described. And I could spend here hours and hours giving you testimony after testimony of God's goodness in our life. And as I was contemplating that, God was very clear. He said, you have to tell them it's because of this gift. You have to tell them. And unfortunately, in most Christian circles, this is a controversial subject, and it's highly debated, and, and what a good ploy of the, the enemy, eh? Just, yeah. just to try and get us off. And yeah. So I just hope you hear my heart in this, that, that I just... It's the right... God wants everyone saved, right? Yeah. We know that. And once you're saved, all God wants you to do is ask, for the Holy Spirit, and we're going we're gonna to get into that. So, um, bringing with that question, the confusion of why do we need to ask God? And it was about a year ago. I was when we were studying at school. I had a study on the Holy Spirit, and then we were told we had to talk about it for a few minutes. And um, I remember wrestling with God. I said, "Well, I know we need the baptism, but but why?" Why, why do we have to have this second experience? Because, I mean, once we're born again, we have the Holy Spirit. And at the time, I was moving dirt with my Kubota tractor. <laughs> I'm going around the campground, and I'm moving dirt. And 
as I'm, when I'm working, I'm, I'm, I'm praying and contemplating, as I'm driving, this is, I heard this as clear as can be. The creators of Kubota, and God used that word, the creators of Kubota designed your tractor with a low gear and a high gear. You choose if you want more power. And I was like, okay. You know what I mean? I don't question why the creators of Kubota gave us a normal gear, and if you want more power, you just change the gear, and away you go. That's how God designed it. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, like, what a, what a, what a great analogy. Yeah, so, yeah. anyways, I also think, you know what, God does it that way because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. That's right. He's not going to force himself, you know. He loves us. It's there. He wants us to change the gear. Okay. And I forgot some scriptures already, Jordan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, let's go. We're going to jump. Let's take a look at what Jesus has to say. So we're going to go to John 16, 7. Okay. And if you got it in the contemporary English version, um, this was on the night before the crucifixion. Jesus made this amazing statement talking to his disciples. He says, but I tell you, I am going to do what is best for you. This is why I am going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. But after I am gone, I will send the Spirit to you. When we look at this in, uh, do you have it in the, the King, New King James there? Let's read it this, in this version. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, so it's to our advantage that, that Jesus leaves, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So if we think about that, it's to our advantage that Jesus goes. Who would rather have Jesus right here with us now? Who would like to have Jesus when they're at work? Hey? What? But here he's saying it's to our advantage, right? In other, in other translations, uh, the Holy Spirit is translated uh, comforter in the King James, advocate in the New Living, and counselor in the World English Bible. Those are all the things that the Holy Spirit is to us. A helper, you know, a comforter, an advocate, and, and I looked up, okay, how do you exactly say what it says? The definition of advocate is a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy. So he's our advocate, a counselor, a person trained to give guidance on personal, social, and psychological problems. This Holy Spirit is, like, it's, it's, it's too good to be true, you know? Not only that, wouldn't you rather have Jesus physically here with us? And what's he telling his disciples before he goes? It's better that I go. When he's done his earthly ministry, it's better that he goes so then the Holy Spirit can come. Like it's, ah, it's, it's, it, it. when you start meditating on it and it gets into you, it's, 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 as, as Andrew Womack would say, it's powerful. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, that same power that Jesus used for his earthly ministry is the same power that's available to us. So let's look at Jesus' 
himself, okay, our second thing, let's look at Jesus himself when he needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Mark 1, 9 to 12. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens saying, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. And immediately the spirit impelled him to go into the wilderness. Most of us think that Jesus did all the miracles in the earthly ministry he did because, um, because he was the son of God, right? He was Jesus. And I, I didn't get a chance to get this scripture up there. And, and because of time, I, I just got to quickly say this. In Philippians, it actually says, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in human likeness. So God gave up, or Jesus gave up his deity and came down and reigned in, on this earth as a man. Yeah. And he didn't start his ministry till he was 30 years old, right? And then it was after this time, if we would keep reading, but we can't for the, the, for the lack of, uh, of time, but it says immediately the spirit impelled him to go out. And it was at this time that his ministry started and that's when he was uh, tempted by the devil. And then he went on and started healing the sick and, 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 and his earthly ministry started. So we'll, we'll continue on. Let's, let's jump right into this third area we're going to look at. Let's look at the disciples. And in Acts 1, 4 through 8, this is Jesus' final instructions to his disciples before he's going to be ascended. So... Let's look at it. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them to not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. How important are final instructions when you're, you're about to leave. <laughs> so this is literally, again, I couldn't draw out the full context for the sake of time, but Jesus has finished his earthly ministry. He's, he's, he's died, buried, resurrected, and this is 40 days later. And he's about, like, literally in moments to ascend back and sit at the right hand of God the Father. So it's moments. And now he's leaving his earthly ministry to, uh, to a group of disciples. And what's the last thing he says? Do not go anywhere. Do not do anything. Do not tell a soul about me until you have this power. Any business owner out there? Hey, Bill, before you, if you had to go away and, and your boys were in charge, what did you do? Okay, guys, now you got to remember, don't forget this, this, and this, and make sure you follow up. And Mrs. Johnson's like, you know what I mean? The parents, you're about to leave the fort for even a day. And what are you telling your, chi what are you telling your children? Like, don't fight, feed the dog. You know what I mean? The final instructions as you're running out the door, they're, they're, they're usually fairly important. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. 
But why did Jesus not want his disciples to do anything? Okay? Why did he say wait for the Holy Spirit? Well, <laughs> sorry. Um, let's take a look at Peter, for example. What a good name. <laughs> Think about it. He just spent three and a half years with Jesus. He even walked on the water with Jesus. He, his own mother was healed. Like, Jesus healed his mother. He saw the feeding of the 5,000. He, uh, uh, just miracles after miracles. But when it came down to it, in Luke 22, I don't have it here, he denied Jesus. Even this little servant girl of the high priest was there. And she just said, oh, weren't you with Jesus? Oh, lady, you don't know what you're... He denied, he couldn't, he didn't even have the strength to stand up to Jesus. This is before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like he didn't, in his own strength, he, he couldn't do it, right? But how are the disciples after they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit? Okay, let's look at Acts 2, 1 to 4. This is the account of the day of Pentecost. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. <laughs> then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So that's what Jesus was telling them to wait for. They went, Jesus left, they went to Jerusalem and waited. Then all of a sudden, whoosh, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit came. So let's take a, a look at Peter now. After, if we were to keep reading, right after, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. They became bold, right? They went right out. If we went out, and you can study it in your Bible, they went out. 3,000 were saved that very first day. They were on fire, right? Um, then Peter and John went to the temple. Like, now they're, now they're going right to where the, the high priests and the, the elders and like, let's go. Like, we're, they're going right in their face. The same people that crucified Jesus, they're going after him. Well, going after him. They're going to go preach the good news. Yeah. And on their way, they saw a lame man. Silver and gold have I none. And we all know that song from Sunday school. But such as I have, give I thee. Rise up and walk. Because of that, they got arrested by the same people that arrested Jesus. Now they're bold, eh? Like, before the Holy Spirit, couldn't even tell a little servant girl, you know, he denied him, even to the little servant girl. Now he's to the master of this servant girl, right. and he's bold. So, like, let's look in Acts 4, verse 8 to 10. And look how it's worded. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
whom you crucified. He's even pointing at them. You guys crucified him, and it's with him, right? Like, he's getting bold. Whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man stands here before you whole. That's that's more power with the Holy Spirit. So this last area I I, I wanted just to touch on here is uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from from our salvation experience. And that one always stumped me a bit. And maybe it does you, maybe it's just as clear as mud for you, I don't know. But, but let's look at a couple instances, okay? The first one is going to be Paul at Ephesus in Acts 19, 1 through 6. What, let's see what happened there. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And sorry, let me stop right there. I should have grabbed another translation, but in the New Living Translation, where it said that he found disciples, it says he found several believers. They weren't disciples as in, you know, the 12. He just meant, he he met believers, okay? So he said to these believers, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So, So they said, then Paul said, John indeed, oh, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is to believe on Christ Jesus. So when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So here's a group of believers. They were believed, and I honestly, had they passed on, guess what? They'd be in the presence of God because they believed on Jesus. And yet they didn't even know about this this other experience with the Holy Spirit until Paul told them. Let's look at another one. Uh, The story of Philip preaching in Samaria. So I just pulled out some of the verses uh, in Acts 8, just just to make the story a little shorter. So this is Philip, okay? So then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. We'll jump to 12. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who then, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So here's another situation where Philip went out and preached the forgiveness of sins. People believed. In terms of definitions, they were saved. And yet, um, 
when Peter and John found out, they said, we, we better go and make sure that they know about the Holy Spirit. So, again, these are just two examples, but God wants us to see that, that there is a second, there's a, there's a second part of this whole equation. Yeah. It's been, well, Shaylin, what are you, 20? <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. It's been, it's been 20 years or so now that I've, I've, I must be slow, but I'm starting, I'm starting to get a clearer picture of it. Um, I, could, I could spend hours and hours telling you of God's goodness and through the Holy Spirit, what, what he does. Um, Pastor Jordan, you, you did a, you did a, a message, ah, it seems like not too long ago, but cheating with the Holy Spirit. Do you know God loves us so much, he wants to give us the advantage? Yes. You know, I don't know how many examples I could give you, but, but the one, that, one that's, that, that really speaks out, so I'm going to share one, um, and there's, <laughs> there's tons, but... As a lot of you know, we, we own a campground, and um, um, this one particular day, we have cottages, and as I drove by the one cottage, we have a second lake going on, because <laughs> we have this major water leak, like huge. I don't know why the people weren't in, but fortunately, the people were out, and the next day, we were gonna have the new people come in. And you gotta understand our cottages. <laughs> Uh, they were brought there probably 50 or 60 years ago um, on a trailer and kind of dumped in the mud. <laughs> I've tried jacking them up, but all they will do is implode. So we just leave them sit. They're nice cottages, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but you got to understand that when there is a leak in these cottages, you got to spend a day digging. Like... It's awful. This is Lansdowne clay. Like, I mean, you, you, grow, you grow three feet in, in height before you, like, it's, it's crazy. It's awful. So, so I see this puddle, and we got people coming in a day, and I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I was praying, actually. <laughs> what are we going to do? And you know what? I went, I'm just going to trust you with it. And I went on. I think we were going to go clean bathrooms or something exotic like that. <laughs> and as I'm mopping out the main washroom, I get this picture in my head. I see the cabin. I see the washroom. The shower stall is here. There's a, the toilet's here. And then there's a barrier that hides the hot water tank. And in this vision or dream, I can't remember what young people get. <laughs> um, I take off this panel, and I was to drill in a certain spot beside the hot water tank, and uh, that, that, was, that was the dream. And I went, that's not going to hurt. I'm going to try it. So when we were done, 
I went right back to the, to the workshop and I got all the tools I needed and I went right to the cabin, took off four screws, panel, zing, drill. I, I got the jigsaw made a little bigger, turned the water on. The leak is right there. Couple little parts, zing, zing, zing. I had the tools cleaned up. I, I did clean up the tools that day. <laughs> 45 minutes. 45 minutes. And I, and, and I was going to spend, I was going to start digging. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know? Yes. When you're at school, when you're at your work, whatever you're doing, when you're flying, okay? God wants to download these things. Yes. He's a good God and he loves us. You know, last week we had um, a plumber come up, come, come back. He, he, he had been here, I don't know, a few weeks before doing something, but he didn't have the right parts and he was going to order us something. And, and at that time, um, he, he was walking like this. And then he's under our sink and he's, and he's like this. And, Do you ever have the compassion of Jesus fall on you? Like where you want to help? And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, again, I hear the Holy Spirit. Why aren't you praying for him? <laughs> I can't do that. So I said, okay. So anyway, so he comes up, and I said, I said Rick, uh, you know what? I'd like, to, I'd like to pray for you. Is that okay? And he kind of looked at me, and he was a little... I said, I'm not going to freak you out, but I said, just let me put my hand on your back and uh, let me pray for you. Okay, go ahead. So I just prayed, and uh, it wasn't a big prayer, but I, I just prayed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, how do you feel? <laughs> and guess what? He didn't feel any different. And then God showed me, he says, you know what? In Mark 16, it says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Okay? So we don't have to be disappointed when it doesn't happen right away, but it says you shall recover. So anyways, I said, Rick, you know what? Just, you're going to start feeling better as the day goes on. I said, you're going you're gonna to lick this thing. It'll, you'll, you'll be good. It says, you know, and I, and I quoted that. It says in the Bible, it says, you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So he said, I laid hands on you. It says, I'm a believer, so... Didn't think anything of it. Fast forward to last week, Rick came back, and I didn't even, well, I half thought of, wondered how his back went, but I wasn't going to bring it up. And uh, as he finished up, he's putting, he's packing up his tools, and he looks at me. He goes, uh, uh, remember when you put your hand on my back? <laughs> I said, yeah. He says, I don't let people do that. <laughs> but you know what by the time I got home that night I was perfectly well he goes I don't know what you did I don't know what happened but I gotta go and he left okay that's more power with the Holy Spirit oh I'm running low on time I'm sorry There's just one last thing I, I, gotta, I gotta touch on because <clears throat> this really freaked me out. Some of you know where I'm going. 
this whole speaking in tongues thing. Okay, I don't, I don't even have time to get into it. Um, but it's part of the package. And people say, well, I don't want that. And you know what? You have a choice. You don't have to speak in tongues if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You get to speak in tongues. Okay, and my head still goes tilt a little bit when I think about it. But, but like, I'm just going to pull up two verses. There's tons. There's tons. I could spend all day talking about this too. So 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So when we're speaking in other tongues, we're, we're praying mysteries. Hey, eh, John? That's your favorite thing. It's our spirit praying directly to God. So we're speaking, we're speaking mysteries. And these mysteries bring blessing, thanksgiving. They bring, John, do you want to get up here and tell us all the things they bring? Like, we're speaking, we don't have time, I know. We're speaking mysteries. Jude 1.20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Here on earth, when we're in this earth suit, we're like rechargeable batteries. Praying in the spirit, this thing called tongues. It, it energizes us. It re, reju- you know, we, we pray things that we don't know. And things will happen all of a sudden out of the blue that it's, you know what, back, <laughs> Luke and Soup. You guys, you guys must have been so tired of the questions I asked. <laughs> you know what? Thank you for your tirelessness of trying to get us to understand. I, you know, so when I learned about this, I wanted to speak in tongues. I don't know why. I thought it was weird. <laughs> my head still, I got to get out of it. But you got to understand my upbringing. Like, oh, you're going to speak in tongues. But I struggled because I wanted it. All I knew back then is whoever believed in being baptized in the Holy Spirit, when I talked to them, they lifted you up. They gave you hope. Right? It wasn't that, oh, well, you don't know what God's going to do. Right? Every, every person I met that was like that because now I'm starting to seek it out and I'm listening to, to, to new teachers and, and they spoke in tongues. Well, that's part of it, but I, I didn't understand it. But I desired it. I, I was genuine with my desire. And uh, I still remember the day I was in my cookie truck. A lot of stuff happened in my cookie truck. <laughs> and I wanted, I mean, and I remember Luke, you saying, you can't screw it up. Just, it's gibberish, but just go for it. Well, I wanted the gibberish, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I remember driving in the cookie truck, and I went, God, please help me. I want, a, I want this experience. <laughs> I'm driving along, and I get really a couple of syllables. Leshema, leshema, shema, 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 shema. That's all I got. I'm like, really? <laughs> Shame, 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 shame. <laughs> I felt, I felt ridiculous. 
I'm just being honest. Ah, you're making that up. And then all the lies come in. You're making that up. You don't know what you're saying. It's just garbage. And I struggled with that for the longest time. I can get into the whole thing of they're speaking in tongues in your own private. That's what it's for in your private time. Then there is protocol in the church service, and, and we don't have to get into all that, but it's, it's to recharge your batteries. So here I am, shame, shame, but for years, that's all I got. I'm like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> Two years ago, I had the TV on, and Joseph Prince was doing a sermon on the shame, shame. When he said that, instantly I fired back to my first handful of years of trying to speak in tongues. Shema, shema, reshema, shema, shema. And he went on, and I looked it up. The word shema in Hebrew, it means to listen carefully or to hear. And then he went on in his sermon, and I don't have time to get into it, it's a really good sermon. When you, when you put them together, the shema, shema, he went on to describe, that's how you receive the blessings found in Deuteronomy 20, 28. And anyways, I'm not going to get into it. This, by listening to anointed preaching, the word comes in, it comes alive. That's how you receive the blessings. And instantly God said, see, you weren't saying gibberish. It, it, it was, for me, it, for me, it was just, God, you were good, because I thought, Wow, I'm saying nothing of no utterance. But God was saying, no. No, you're good. So let's recap. Jesus needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we should probably consider it's pretty important. This is disciples needed. Without it, we saw kind of what they were doing. The flesh kind of got the better of them. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is separate from my born-again experience. And we saw a little bit of, of why that's true. We all need to receive this gift. This gift will work in your marriages. It'll work on the job, in your family. Shaylin, I liked your, your quote when we were talking about this. At Christmas time, would you leave a gift under the tree? Would you leave it unopened? Would you? If you would, bring it to my house. <laughs> Are you ready to receive this gift of more power? All you have to do is ask. Let's look at one more scripture. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the 
Holy Spirit to those who ask him. How much more? Okay? But there is one prerequisite to receive this gift. You do have to be born again. Right? So I want to pull up that one scripture, if we could, Jordan. If you don't know Jesus, it's all you have to do. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Please stand. Hmm. Let's just let's worship for one minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So right now, we're going to start with salvation. Okay? I'd like us all to pray this. If you're watching online, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, um, today is your day. Right? And then we're going to do the second experience of receiving this gift of the Holy Spirit. So everyone, let's pray with me. Lord Jesus, I declare right now, you are Lord of my life. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And by faith in your word, I receive my salvation now. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Okay, well, let's do the second step right now. You can wait 20 years like me, or you can, you can do it right now. Okay, online, wherever you are. Let's do this. All God wants is our heart. Okay? All he wants is our heart. So, Father, I recognize my need for your power to live this new life. To live this new life. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. By faith, I receive him right now. Thank you for baptizing me. Thank you for baptizing me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. All right. Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what? That is all it takes. We're going to dismiss. We're going to have coffee. We're going to have fellowship. If you'd like to talk more, if you, if you, I kind of feel like it's not done, but for the sake of time, uh, I think we should go have coffee. So, Father, we just thank you that you love us. And, Father, we thank you for your um, Holy Spirit gives us all wisdom. You're a helper. You're our advocate, our counselor. We give you our lives. Our lives will never be the same again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Pete. You know, as you were preaching, I was, I was thinking about my first time that I was in Greece. Uh, I was invited to preach at this Ukrainian church, and uh, the interpreter was very, very poor. 
And as a, as a minister, that's like one of the worst things you can have in it. I, I was trying to preach on this topic, and I thought it was going great. <laughs> and afterwards, this person comes up to me and is like, why did you ask us to cut off our heads? <laughs> and I'm like, there is nothing in my message that was anything close to that. And, and as I was talking with this gentleman through the, through the interpreter, I was in a, it was a Baptist Ukrainian church, and they didn't believe in the Holy Spirit, and I didn't know that walking into it. <laughs> and so the pastor's over in the corner just like as mad as can be, like, how dare you preach that in my church? And as I, I turned to the other side, this whole entire side of the congregation just began to start speaking in tongues. Wow. And then this side began to speak in tongues. And then the pastor began to weep and then began speaking in tongues. Oh, wow. Because they had been taught their whole life that this wasn't for them. <sighs> but when you just open your heart, even with a poor translator, <laughs> God will meet you where you're at. Yes. Amen. 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 You guys are loved. And you are accepted by God. Let's have some great conversations and let the Holy Spirit work in our hearts. Oh, thank you.